In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. Welcome back, my friends. I change by not changing. History doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. Isn't it weird how the older you get, the more you become like your parents? Even though when you were young, you swore to yourself that you would never become like your parents. It seems to me You can run your whole life, but not go anywhere. There's nothing new under the sun. Do you guys see what's happening right now? If you want to know the future, you must look at the past. He who controls the future controls the past. He who controls the past controls the present. Do you get it? You understand? I have this weird feeling of deja vu right now. I feel, and I hope you feel this way. And if you don't feel this way, I am going to try to make you feel the way that I feel using the words I'm using. I'm going to paint you a picture. I'm hopeful it'll be a masterpiece. I'm hopeful that if you can get goosebumps by listening to the words I'm about to talk to you, about the words I'm about to give to you, if I can make you get goosebumps, if I can make your face flush, then I am communicating with you. So let me see if I can do that. This whole COVID, the whole world of the internet, It seems eerily familiar, doesn't it? You know, history is something that can be so amazing and so beautiful and so poetic. If you want to know where you're at in your life, there's probably someone who wrote a book or a story 
or a fable. There's probably a story that explains your life. Your story is a beautiful story if you're willing to take control of it. If you're willing to take ownership of your life and your story, it will be a story that can be remembered. And if you've lost your way, then look back and you can find your way ahead. Let me explain what I mean, or at least attempt to do so. Controlling information is controlling the world. I'm going to say that again. Controlling information is controlling the world. If you can control information, you can control the world. I'm going to make the argument that we, in today's society, in 2020, are beginning to look a lot more like a medieval system. The commons. The monarchy. The Catholic Church. Worries about new technology. They're as old as the discoveries of new technologies. Already Plato was warning that writing would damage memory and recognize the double-sided nature of new technology. With, on the one side, the vast advantages given by writing in the organization of his resources, and on the other side, the ability of insurgents to use writing to organize against the powers that be. We've touched upon this a little bit. There's a book that goes into some of this. It's called Technopoly. And he also speaks about this exact same passage. However, he takes it back further. He takes it back to the times of Toth. Remember the emerald tablets of Toth? Remember that? And Toth goes up into his his master. I forgot. Damn it, I forgot that guy's name. Anyways, I'll come back to it. However, he goes and he speaks to him and he says, listen, I've created this new technology called writing and it's going to help the people so much because they don't have to remember everything. And the leader says on to Toth, Toth, you are marvelous. You come up with all these beautiful technologies and inventions, but think about it. Writing, while it would make things easier for people, in the long run, it's going to make them weaker. It's going to make them weaker due to the fact that they no longer need to understand why. They, need, they no longer need to have to remember. They're just going to refer to this book and it's going to weaken them mentally. And isn't that the case with all our technologies? All our technologies make life a little bit easier, but they also take something away from us. Let me put it into into a term that the blue collar guy, guys like me can understand. I, I can drive a 40,000 pound truck stick shift up a hill. I realize how to put one foot on the brake, one foot on the clutch, and then gas it, slowly let off, put that thing in first, and then move up the hill without rolling back too far. In today's world, most people have a automatic car. If you live in the first world in an upper class neighborhood, you have a car that's not only has an automatic transmission, but it has a backup camera. You might even have a car that drives itself. So those who can drive a stick shift in today's world are, they're old, but they're also knowledgeable. That's one example of how technology is making our life better, but also making us 
forget about how to really use the technologies that got us here. Does that kind of make sense? I'm trying to paint a few examples of how all this marvelous technology is actually taken as backwards. In the Middle Ages, the Catholic Church exercised its vast power to make itself the gatekeeper, not only of salvation and eternal life, but also of information. It was the church that preserved the culture of the past, including the Latin language, the ability to read and write, and thereby the access to written information, not at least forbidden or censored texts, not at least forbidden or censored texts. Those were reserved for a relatively small sector of the population, consisting of monks, priests, sometimes nuns, and others related to the church. This asymmetry between the keepers of written information, for the most part in Latin, which existed as the code in which serious information was represented, this reproduced and reinforced existing power hierarchies in society, keeping the masses illiterate. Who does that sound like now? The modern-day church are the tech companies. They are, in fact, a form of religion. Right? Hey, the, the social justice warriors can be like the new Catholics and the, the right-wingers, the QAnoners, and these people on the right. They could be like the Muslims. And there, there's this new division. Hey, I hate this person because of this. I hate this person because of that. Right? It's like the Quran versus the Bible versus the New Testament. Right? The religious books are like fingers pointing to the moon, but everyone gets caught up in the finger. It's the same thing with these new ideologies of these tech companies. And isn't it weird how they have been deemed the arbiter of truth. These new tech companies believe that they are the ones that should be censoring stuff that is too, oh no, it's too scary for you to read. Oh man. Hey, no one look at Hunter Biden smoking a bunch of crack right now. Don't do that. We need Joe Biden in office. Otherwise, the whole world's gonna, if we don't have Joe Biden become president, we're all gonna die. If Trump becomes president, we're all gonna die. Are you fucking kidding me? Those two people are exactly the same, only different. The exploitation of the human mind right now is out of control. Families fighting one another over a, an 80-year-old man or a 75-year-old man? How about families fighting each other over this new disease that's going to take over the world? Oh, no. Hey, man, watch out for COVID, man. You're all going to die. It's COVID-19, man. Hide in your house. Put on a mask. Don't let your kids watch this. Don't let them listen to that. It's hysteria. It's a middle-age medieval disease. It's a disease of the mind. It's a virus. 
It's a computer virus and a man-made virus. It's like the Salem witch trials. COVID-19 is the Salem witch trials. The church restricted literacy because reading and writing had the potential to challenge power hierarchies. Further, there was no society-wide incentive for the secular authorities to challenge the church. No society-wide incentive for the secular authorities to challenge the church. Is there no society-wide incentive for everyday people to challenge the tech companies? Literacy might challenge authority, but it also, as in modern society, makes authority easier to enforce with using direct force and violence. When you can sign your name to a contract, you are less likely to straightforwardly violate that contract. How about a user agreement? You want to challenge authority? Hey, you signed this user agreement. Hey, you signed your name off on this checking account. And if you read the fine print, it says that we can take all your money. Oh, you didn't read the fine print? Sorry. When information is democratized, as began to happen after the invention of the printing press, structures and societies collapse or change. The film The Name of the Rose, starring Sean Connery and based on the novel by Umberto Eco, addressed the control of information in the Middle Ages. Preserving the status quo is even worth to kill for. As the hero, Father Baskerville, discovers, the story follows his investigation of a murder case in a monastery. It appears that the motive is to hide certain information that could be used to threaten the power of the church. Sounds like our modern-day politicians, right? The lost second book of Aristotle's poetics devoted to laughter. The murderer seeks to obliterate the book because Aristotle, in his opinion, spreads an irreligious view of the world, and the book holds that laughter is a serious object of philosophical investigation. This would blur the lines between the serious and the non-serious, the sacred and the profane. Echo's fiction is informed by his research into medieval practices where such disputes actually happened. As pointed out above, it would be reductive to equate the appearance of the printing press with the end of the Middle Ages. But it certainly mechanized the production of text and incentivized the growth of vernacular literature, which in turn transformed the education system. In this chain of events, we can trace the historical thematic that led to new ways of legitimating power. A quantitative leap in literacy and the transformation of old power structures. Today, governments battle for the same kind of control of information through censorship not only in China and Iran, but also in Western countries. Laws in the aftermath of September 11th are examples. Everybody knows that. Right? Think about the Patriot Act. Think about every time you go to the airport now, you got to go through a body scanner. Guess what? Congratulations. Now you get to go through that same scanner 
when you go to the ballpark. Hey, congratulations. You want to get on a bus? Go through the scanner. Congratulations. You get to go through the scanner when you go shopping. Lucky for you, there's this new vaccine. And you don't even have to pull out your wallet anymore. You just wave your hand. Now you get access and we can charge your chip. Meanwhile, multinational tech companies like Apple or Facebook strive for another kind of information control. Their aim is to establish information silos, keeping the users within their own information environment. Apple's use of tethered applications depend on Apple data. That's one example. And Google's conquest of the browser market and expansion into all the information niches associated with the internet is another. During the period of utopian enthusiasm for the internet in the late 1990s, the mantra that information needs to be free became popular among libertarians and anarchists who were heavily overrepresented at the time in tech culture. The meaning of this mantra was a little ambiguous. Did it mean that intellectual property rights should be destroyed? That everything should be public to everybody? In fact, in fact, a freeware culture flourished. Organizations like WikiLeaks, which hacked into secret documents held by governments and corporations and published them, is the most extreme example. By the way, I hope everyone's paying attention to Julian Assange. If you get a chance to go to WikiLeaks and support that, you definitely should. That's an assault on all our liberties. The backlash to WikiLeaks was strong. However, the entailed successful new attempts to control the information flow, to hide information through censorship, and limits to freedom of speech ever while giving the green light to more extensive government surveillance. The reasons are the same as those in the Middle Ages. To preserve the power of the establishment. Of course, the arguments that are put forward to justify secrecy and surveillance are noble. The public needs to be protected against hate speech. National security is at stake. A war against terrorism. Information of a certain type. For instance, instructions on how to build nuclear bombs. That can kill people. Some of these claims might be true and some might be reasonable. But behind all of the claims for censorship and control is the fear that the powerful will lose control as knowledge is power. Thus, a static order like the Middle Ages is justified. From the 90s, dream of one giant information network open and accessible to all, to now, when we have a striated, tethered world where information is commodified. It's quite a come down and it shocks certain old internet enthusiasts. The way the system has evolved has implications that affect not only the free market, but also the exchange of ideas and opinions. The way the system has evolved has implications that affect not only the free market, but also the exchange of ideas and opinions and ultimately democracy. He who controls the information rules the world. And again, I quote Orwell. He who controls the past controls the future. If you want to control the past, you must control the present. Love you guys. Aloha.
Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge. And I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now. And it's been so rewarding to me that I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.